Welcome to Dangerous Minds, where we delve into the minds of biohackers, grinders, and take a closer look at the tech being implanted and developed by this community. Now, this is a special edition of DMP Tonight, a recording of an interview I had with Canadian Public Radio's Eric Wickham. We discussed biohacking, grinding, and some dangers one might face choosing this lifestyle. We definitely want to thank him for allowing us to share this content of the interview. But before we get into the talk, we want to thank our sponsors, Dangerous Things, who delivers custom gadgetry for the discerning hacker and biohacker. So check them out at DangerousThings.com. Now, if you or your organization is interested in sponsoring the efforts of the Dangerous Minds podcast, please feel free to reach out to us at DangerousMinds.io and or email us at Dangerous at info at dangerousminds.io, and we'll be glad to talk to you about it. I want to comment on that saying, I like your mic. What, uh, what do you have? So this is actually, this is a sort of my road setup. Um, I'm actually at my girlfriend's house right now. Um, but it is a, um, it's an NTG2. So it's a shotgun mic. Um, it does the job, you know, it's pretty good in the field. At home, I, I use just like an AT4040, and it's just like, um, it's more like um, like wide diaphragm sort of thing. I got you. What are you using? I uh, just got a Snowball for now. Uh, hoping to go up to a Yeti Pro uh, eventually. And okay. I just got a um, directional condenser in the mail, actually. Oh, nice. On eBay for 20 bucks. So, yeah, here's my unboxing video. <laughs> Very nice. 20 bucks, really. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering how, how terrible it will be. But, you know, for 20 bucks, it's something to play with. No, I was it's hoping it would be a lot smaller so I could, like, uh, strap it on to a DSLR and use that at, like, conventions. Oh, really? Do you go to a lot of conventions? Uh-huh. Um, there's one big one happening in January in Austin. Are you planning yep. on going down to Austin? HacksCon. I'll be there. Are you going to be there? I'm thinking about it. I think if I, I'm going to pursue this, I might as well, you know, dive all the way in. It's Definitely. A, uh, if you go, I'll, I'll introduce you to some of my body hacker buddies that I've uh, gotten to know so far. And uh, definitely along the way, I'm going to be uh, stopping and interviewing people as well. Have you ever been to DEF CON? No, I haven't. No. You got to go. <laughs> Can you it's explain to me? experience. What is it? world's largest hacking conference and uh this will be the third year that they've had a biohacking village there as well and the uh, pm there is a good friend and um definite supporter of my efforts and learning mm -hmm. so what do you think uh how would you define your efforts uh, as far as the podcast or just body hacking in general just body hacking in general Body hacking in general um, started out with uh, I hate keys. I think locks are crap, to be honest. As a lock sport um, practitioner, yeah, most locks are easily defeatable, and I would love to not have any keyways for anyone to be able to pick or shim and just do it all electronically. But that being said, also electronic locks have their difficulty as well. You can sniff the interaction uh, directly from 
most smart cards, what have you. Um, and But implants, because of the extra layer of cushioning, some of us with more than others, because we're well-fed, uh, make it a little bit harder for the sniffing to go down. Like you would have to rub up against the, the person in you know, a subway or some sort of metro transit to be able to really get a good read off of it. And by then, if you're doing it to me, I'll be like, hey, buddy, you owe me a dinner and a movie, cause, and also I'm married, I'm sorry, I don't swing that way. But <laughs> yeah, uh, needless to say, it, and that was a part of a, you know, a talk that I did at um, Besides Las Vegas and at DEF CON, uh, just my own exploring of the, just the ranged security, you might say, um, using open sourced hardware that was uh, put out by Bishop Fox to, to the community. And it was an easy download and build. Um, definitely brought me back to high school days of uh, making PCBs from scratch and and putting it all together in order to mo weaponize a, like a, I guess it's normally used in like a parking garage, a uh, smart card reader so that people can not have to get like a ticket and pay on exit. They just ha use their employee ID or membership card to get into the you know, parking garage. And yeah, it fits lovely into a messenger bag. And if you ever watch Mr. Robot, uh, episode one, uh, no, season one, episode five, uh, showed it very poorly, the same, uh, same technology, because that device that he had in a messenger bag, he didn't need to rub it on the guy's smart card. He could have just walked by, went to the bathroom, what have you. But it was a lot funnier him rubbing on the guy with the smart card badge around his neck uh, before going and tipping the ladies uh, that were behind the counter ser uh, serving up the coffee. It's just like, okay, thank you, Hollywood, for once again getting it wrong. <laughs> of course. And just entertaining us anyway. Hey, could, uh, could I ask you to do something for me? It's, um, it's something just called a name slate. Um, this is just an audio thing. Um, uh -huh. Just to give me, you know, your name and like the way that you would like whoever's listening to know you as like like what you do or where you're from or something like that okay. and just like, like a basic introduction yeah all right uh my name is doug copeland uh my friends in infosec and biohacking community mostly know me by my handle of cooper uh it was something i picked up as a firefighter uh just making it easier instead of my full name but um I live in the Austin, Texas area. I've been in the biohacking community for almost a year now. And um, I was originally chipped by Amel from Dangerous Things at the Body Hacks Con in Austin, Texas last January. And so it's going to be fun going back to the, the con that introduced me, really, because before I'd heard about it, in, pa in passing while uh, attending uh, Austin Hackers Association, where the, the creator was advertising it. And I laughed and was like, okay, this sounds cool. Hacking's in the name, so I must take a look, as any decent InfoSec enthusiast would do. And went in, saw the first talk, and guy had this antenna sticking out of his head. 
he was talking about hearing, color, what have you. And I was like, okay, I'm hooked. I got to know more. And uh, very there, you know, within like 30 minutes, I found out that they had a no-show on their audio-visual team. So they desperately needed extra help. And a buddy of mine from AHA was there. He was like, hey, you work for me during South By. I know you can do audio. I need your help. And I was like, sure, I'm bored. I'm game. Usually it's a lot easier to get to know people and meet and learn from them while you're working on staff. So sure, why not? I paid for my ticket. I don't care. I'll volunteer anyway. And during my volunteering, I got to meet a lot of people, saw a couple talks, and then I ended up talking to Amol, and he was like, hey, you want a chip? And I was like, um, sure. What is it? Sour cream and onion, barbecue, just salt. What are you talking about, man? He's like, no, it goes in your body. I was like, well, I thought chips go in your body. No. He's like, no, no, no. Enough with the jokes, bad jokes. And it's like, hey, <laughs> no, how much you're paying for it. It's free, so it's got to be bad. And uh, he was like, no. Nah. And he held up the injector and he showed it to me, the thing in his hand. I was like, yeah. Dramatic pause. What? Are you kidding me? No, I, I don't. I, I'm, I'm good. I, I, I'll have to think about it. It's like, how much are you selling these for? And he's like, it's free today. I was like, that's my favorite word, but yeah, let me actually learn a little bit about this. So let's, let's talk for a minute. So we talked a little bit and then uh, I said, I'd think about it. Went to a talk and afterwards, um, uh, a couple of guys were <clears throat> talking about the development of the chip. And I asked, you know, I used to be a firefighter. I do martial arts, stuff like this. I work with my hands. I like to play with old cars. I don't want shrapnel in there because, you know, glass breaks. Uh, there's particles everywhere. This could end really badly. He said, well, let me tell you about this story. Um, when I, I was working for this, this school up in Washington State, when Amel was getting started, and we took a chip, implanted it in uh, a defrosted chicken, and then took the chicken and put it in a hydraulic press. And we all, we made chicken butter. It was nice, easily spreadable, but I'm sure you needed to cook it before eating it. But the key thing is the chip survived. We pulled it out. We were able to check it out. It was perfectly fine. The chicken didn't, but the chip survived. And I was like, okay, so you're telling me my hand won't survive, but the chip will. So I can pull it out of the bloody nest that is my hand and then implant it somewhere else after cleaning it, of course. He's like, yeah, technically, yes. And it's like, that's reassuring, I guess. A little bit gruesome, but yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, it, I was just like, okay, that seems okay. At least my biggest fear is gone. But then I just had to start Googling and reading a little bit before getting something in my body. I wanted to have an idea of what's the point. Yeah, the whole becoming a cyborg kind of thing wasn't a huge selling point for me because, you know, I thought the Borg were the bad guys, even though, yeah, I, I love the dark side of the force and stuff like that. I never kind of had a deep decided urge to become a bad guy because yeah. But anyway, after all that, I, I figured started learning about using it for keys, identity, um, different f secret file sharing, um, encrypt, 
being able to use it as an encryption key, um, Bitcoin wallet, what have you. And I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. I think I'm, I might be interested. So I went ahead and went back and got the chip. And then uh, the next day when I came into volunteer, he's like, hey, by the way, I got some more different, different frequency. This time it's only 20 bucks. I was like, okay, well, I survived the first one. Sure, why not? Yeah, go ahead and put it in my other hand. <laughs> and then while he's doing it, of course, it hurt more this time because I was expecting it to uh, to hurt. So, of course, your body, you know, ramps it up that much more, even though, you know, needles are like Christmas. You know, being this holiday season, you just got to remember that. Needles are like Christmas. They're better to give than receive. And I, I've always, that was a big joke while going through EMT school and clinicals. Uh, every time you see something else pop out, you know, you just be like, think it. Whenever you end up having to stick somebody, it's like, just remember, you're giving. It's not happening to you. So that's, that's at least comforting. But yeah. I lost it for a moment there. Sorry about that. Oh, no problem. I'm just going to sweat swap it over to audacity because i i really hope i didn't lose that one clip my task cam shut down i think it's something wrong with the cable well i will be glad to share my audio dump with you if you want oh that would be awesome um how am i coming through on this side you sound just fine yeah all right like i completely cut out it's... what are you using to record <laughs> um i actually i really wanted to ask you um just like you know what, we should probably just go and ask you how many modifications you've done to yourself. So far, I have, <clears throat> I have three. Uh, uh, XEM, XNT, uh, XEM's a low-frequency chip encased in glass. Uh, XNT's high-frequency, NFC-based uh, bioglass again, capsule. And then I also have a flex NT in my middle finger, which is a, again, NFC base, but it's a PCB that's uh, encased in like a biosafe plastic. So it's pretty flexible. If you're at, and when it, if you come to the body hacks con, then you'll be able to uh, see it a lot easier. You might actually be able to see a live implantation as well. Because during Biohacks Con, uh, I'm planning on if my Flex NT hasn't fully healed, uh, Amel really wants to get it out. He was he was kind of mad uh, at me that I haven't taken it out yet because it wasn't too happy. I have a I have a small daughter and she likes to of course grab things as you know most infants do and. Yeah, when you're healing after an implantation, it really hurts. Oh my God. And she has a bad habit of grabbing my middle finger. Plus, wearing a wedding band, it kind of irritates it as well. So needless to say, he's wanting to um, pull it out, examine it, see what how the wear and tear has gone since it's a beta. And um, then hook me up with another one in my middle finger on my right hand. But I'm hoping to instead uh, see if he has any uh, Vivo keys ready for beta at that point. There's three of them has been implanted as far as I know so far. And uh, that is uh, a step above and far beyond uh, of implants, uh, implant technology that I have now. 
because it's a Java-based uh, uh, encryption model that actually uh, is similar to the Fidesmo card, which can run Java applications from that, uh, whether it be a Bitcoin wallet. Uh, I'm actually developing a, a password manager with one of my co-hosts for it as well. Um, there's also other other fun apps on the drawing board uh, from other other sources as well. It to me, it just looks like it's going to be what I have always wanted um, an implant to be. Uh, much, you know, it's what you've seen in sci-fi for years, uh, to where instead of just you know like uh, people going up and iRobot twisting their hand on the door key to open it up and then, you know, unlocking computers with it. That's really basic stuff. And I can do that with my, with my right hand right now. I actually unlock uh, one of my laptops that way that I use as like a, a speaker laptop as kind of a live demo. Be like, Oh yeah, I'm locked and be like, yes, bio, you know, we, the future is here, blah, blah, blah. How invasive does it, like, how often do you notice the RFID chip in your hand? Once it settles um, and gets encapsulated by tissue, I really can't tell it's there. As far as just the, just the chips, the one in my middle finger, of course, it, it hasn't fully settled yet, so I can, I can feel it a lot more. But just the two glass ones, I really don't even notice that they're there anymore. I have to actually play with them to notice. The first few months though, it definitely, you could tell it was there because it was still moving around, getting settled in there. So every once in a while, there'd be a spike of pain or coldness and it had me very concerned. I was just like, okay, is this normal? Google, Google, come Google foo, give me answers. Yes, it's totally normal because yeah, You've got a foreign body in there. The body wants to encapsulate it with fatty tissue, settle it, what have you. And eventually it calms down and settles. Um, I eventually want to get other, other implants. Uh, I've got about, okay, how many, how many do I have in testing now? Because magnets are like a hard thing to source right now. Um, but I've got around 100 uh, in little dishes like this. Soaking oh. in salt water to see how good the coating is, and if they rust, then of course that means the coating's bad. And um, eventually, those that have not rusted, I'll then put under a microscope and then really inspect. Uh, because if it's growing in your body, you want to make sure that you got a good coating on there. Yeah, no kidding. Have Have you ever like come across anybody who's had a bad chip in their hands? Uh, bad chip? No, oh. magnet, yes. Oh. I heard a lot of horror stories of magnets. Even one of my co-hosts, uh, he, he had one that was actually encapsulated in silicone. Number one, bad idea. Uh, I considered that myself uh, at, at a point, uh, doing like a gold one, encoded in silicone as an extra layer protection because you know everybody loves second factor protection if you do yes kids at home if you don't have second factor use it not just good for the body 
it's good for his soul. But yeah, um, it ruptured. He, his finger turned yellow, like noticeably yellow and was starting to swell and was very pain, very, very painful to any touch. So needless to say, he cut that sucker out and then uh, flushed it, made sure to get all the pieces out because it, it had ruptured. And if he hadn't taken it out, he probably would have been looking at heavy metal poisoning, if not gangrene. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it, that's why magnets are very hard to source these days. You got to be very careful of where you get them, how it's been tested, how they've been handled, too. Because uh, one key thing in shipping, a lot of them, you know, the, the people that source them don't really think about what they're being used for. They're, it's just like, okay, yeah, you're using it in a lab, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we can just stack them up. No big deal. And, you know, and of course, their magnets are going to stick together. It'll be fine. Just ship it in the mail that way. No. We all know metal on metal. It wears down the it wears down the coating, and that and you got problems. That's why you know I'm testing so carefully because of the horror stories and other you know other information from that I've been able to get from guys who've been doing this for a decade. Uh, I'm a noob compared to most of the people in the market, but um, unfortunately, I learned quickly by the pain of others. Mm-hmm. And you know, with an EMT background, I'm a little bit more anal retentive about my own body and what I put in it and how I treat it. So, well, I, I've, it's such an interesting background to have for this because I, I did talk to Rich and I, I found out about like his uh his non-Newtonian armor and his shins, and uh, I I ran it by one of my buddies is going through um, med school, and he like his jaw almost hit the floor, like he was he was very like very concerned about it and so how did how did you feel about it when you heard what he was doing well rich he's a lot braver than i am uh i'll put it that way uh it's the easiest way i can put it he's a great guy i've got to meet him at defcon and at uh, body hacks con both um body hacks con he was the quietest guy there the nicest guy there uh, got a little bit uh, more at ease with them during DEFCON. Of course, that was probably, uh, I was also a little bit loopier too because I had just gotten my Flex installed. So uh, I was ready uh, I was ready to you know, loosen up and be silly just to get my mind off the pain. And, uh, but needless to say, yeah, he's, he's a freaking genius when it comes to just talking to the guy for a while about mm-hmm. the, uh, the different stuff he's tried, different stuff he's trying and hoping to do in the future. I'm very curious about the implantable armor as far as just the technology in it, uh, the chemistry involved in it, the physics, baseball bat, what have you. Um, another guy, Mark, uh, who got it in his hands, supposedly took a blow from a baseball bat. And uh, Jeff Tibbetts, um, one of the... Um, main guys behind that he's also a freaking genius uh if you get he was on uh mtv's uh real life a couple of the episodes you saw him on there um he's also the host of grind fest in the spring and it just there's a wealth of very varying 
knowledge there between uh, Rich and Jeffrey Tibbetts both, really. So mm -hmm. am I, you know, chomping at the bit to get implantable armor? I don't have a need for it. If I was still a firefighter or, you know, working as a bouncer at a club or something like that or a cop or something like that, yeah, it would be tempting to be able to have something in your body that will protect your bones from blows or, you know, other stuff. Like uh, one guy I talked to from DigiWell um, this past Sunday, which his podcast, his recording has not been published yet. I'm still editing it. Um, let's see, what was his name? Patrick Kramer, really cool guy. He was talking with uh, a bouncer uh, that he met, I think, at a flea market about biohacking. And um, the guy was wanting to get, like, Kevlar implanted around his neck so he would never have to worry about getting stabbed or something like that. And it's like, okay, how – it's starting to make me think the clubs over in Germany are a lot more dangerous than they are over here. <laughs> I thought Texas was, you know, supposed to be the frontier where – Everybody rides to work on a horse and you know, wears a gun. So, you know, at least that's what everybody else thinks. Uh, <laughs> I personally drive a Prius, not because I want to save the world, but because I want to save my pocketbook, even though gas is cheap. Uh, I still, you know, burn a lot of it because Texas is big and so is my commute. Yeah, no kidding, eh? Um, no, it's, that's super interesting. Kevlar, it feels like that would be, like how thick would the Kevlar be? I have no idea. It just would definitely would be the, the strangest implant, I would think, to have like a collar of Kevlar implanted. Because the way you implant a device is basically you make an incision and then you use blunts to separate the skin layers, basically like the, the dermis from the epidermis, and create a pocket. The fun part about that is, you know, of course, it, separate, it severs all the nerve endings. Um, but where you don't have an implant or a foreign body in that place, then they'll possibly heal, get more sensation back over time. But just think of how big of a freaking pocket you would need to have Kevlar all the way around your neck. And then also what happens if you do uh, end up having to use it? Because, you know, cops, they wear Kevlar armor. After you get shot, you toss it away. You don't keep using it. So it's like, okay, you get stabbed in the neck or something happens. What, you're going to have to get it removed and get a whole new set? Yeah, not practical in my mind. It seems super invasive, too, because it's, like, more width and than, like, depth, I guess. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of new to this entire thing. So just the idea of inserting, like, a, a sheet of something, would it seems painful. Uh, yeah, I, I think it would definitely be uh, have the easiest nickname ever too, because who would not call a guy that with that kind of implant turtleneck? Because <laughs> that would be truly the um, you know permanent look of your body, because there would de definitely be a difference in the normal look of your neck. You know, and if you're a muscular guy, would have you, of course, there's veins, would have you. That would all be smoothed out by this layer of body armor, layer of Kevlar. So, yeah, it would probably look kind of freaky. Yeah, no kidding. Well, how, 
I think I, I still need to ask you about the community of sort of biohackers and grinders and like how many people are doing this these days? Uh, there's been different talks about how many. I don't have a you know particular number yet myself because of course it, then you have to then look at what what do you mean by biohacking? Do you mean by biotechnology, experimenting, neuroscience, grinding, implantable technology, prosthetics, uh, what have you? The range is pretty big. That's why. Uh, you could make the same joke of how many people in this world are hacking, period. You know, as far as InfoSec goes, you've got red team, blue team, and purple team by people that both are an active defense in the industry. And then further, you've got just people in IT that have a security mindset as well. Well, the same can be said about biotechnology. It's a really big umbrella that so many different ideas and ways of doing things are falling under. So, yeah, good, good guess on a number. I'd say probably not enough yet. And every day more people are coming into it and being exposed to it. But once, once I guess you better question would be how, how soon or how many would be enough? Probably the best answer would be then when anyone could then make those changes and not be considered a freak. And that is just simply uh, another way of expressing yourself as if you got a tattoo or ears pierced, uh, whether it be, you know, because you can look at body modification just as a whole these days. Tattoos are a lot more accepted by the norm um, social body than it was, you know, even 20 years ago. It, like, uh, I can definitely remember my first real job, um, people freaking out of guys having uh, ear piercings at all. Like, you would have to either pull them out, put in, like, a, a silicone uh, stud in there, and if they saw that, then you still have to pull it out and then put it put something back in by the end of the day otherwise you're afraid you the backs of your um, piercings are going to close up but nowadays you know, even going down to the friendly small town texas grocery store you'll see guys stocking uh the produce at the middle of the day when average soccer mom's there and of course that's when the shopkeepers were most afraid of offending people uh, got tattoos on their forearms, piercings, even you know, bull, um, you know, the bull ring in their nose, and everybody not treating them like a complete freak of nature and a criminal, just because they have uh, expressed themselves that much more. Mm -hmm. And uh, when people will not see prosthetics as a handicap, but an enhancement, then I'd say then it's enough. Well, it's, it's an interesting point that you bring up because even uh, in the Toronto Star, like two weeks ago, uh, there was an article about discrimination in biohacking. And uh, the guy that you actually mentioned you seeing at that conference, uh, Neil Harbison, with the antenna coming out of his head, was talking about the exact same thing. And that it actually inspired me to really follow up with this 
Um, because, because I really, I do think it's, it's something that's happening and it's clearly growing because people are paying way more attention to it. Um, so like, where, where does this go? Like, how do we, how do we address these sort of, I don't want to say transhumanist, but how do we address like people, um, modifying themselves and how to normalize that or how can we normalize that? Over time. Really, and transhumanist is a good way of looking at it because there is a transhumanist movement, though that also falls under the umbrella as far as spreading out of terms. Because in essence, transhumanist is uh, evolving towards another thing. And you could say a biohacker is someone exploring technology affecting biology but then you have grinders which are you know on the edge of like cyberpunk you might say you know shadow run type of thing but not nearly as cool yet like yeah i wish it was uh, shadow run already and if you don't know what shadow run is google it please <laughs> you will not be disappointed and you know it may not be the whole you know trilogy uh holy trilogy of cyberpunk novels yet but it's there there's a lot of stuff out there that gives us an idea of where where we might be headed but you can also you know, look at what we have now as far as the technology goes um if there's a journalist that has uh, one of it uh, a false eye that has a camera in it that he can video record it's like the best gopro ever Never can forget it. Um, and, you know, I'm, just, I'm wondering what the battery life is on that sucker, what have you. But it just, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Plus, you've got uh, other guys that, you know, there's a guy that has an ear that he has implanted on his forearm that he wants to put a microphone in and then connect it to the Internet. Now, you've got Neil with his uh, color-seeing antenna. He really has had a, a fun go of that now working with uh uk uh uk gov to be able to have that antenna on his passport photo he, that was a bit of a, a bit of a fight for him that he talked about a couple times and some of his uh talks on that i've seen online as well as he actually mentioned being attacked on the subway once by uh, a poor deranged homeless guy that thought he was spying on him. It's like, you know, take it off, take it off, take your Google glass off. It's like, um, it's part of me. It's attached. I am not a glass hole. Please let go of me. Uh, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting movement to see where things are going. But yeah, I, I think the comment of, finding your own DIY evolution is a good way of looking at what the movement is as a whole, really. Mm -hmm. Just as a learning enthusiast, I can't wait to see what, what comes out next. Cause we've, we've seen implants that can do glucose monitoring, monitoring in the vein. Um, We've seen full on big old monitors put under the skin by Tim Cannon, um, monitoring body temperature, what have you. Um, I'm not as brave as these guys 
that are doing these crazy things. But I definitely am interested in the science, the theories, just the whole ideas behind it. Because, I don't know, like any sci-fi fan, I love a good story. And I want to see what, what story's next. And the, the theories behind it, everything leading up to it, it's just awesome to hear, awesome to explore and have just another conversation about it. And that's why I started up a Dangerous Minds podcast. And, you know, you can find more about it by going to dangerousminds.io. But I, for, you know, number of months after, like, I was already involved in a network security uh, podcast, just commenting on news and doing interviews um, and those two are now combining into one uh, for better focus, better uh, quality of programming through security endeavors. But while I was doing that, I kept wanting something similar to what we were doing in the body hacking realm. And I kept looking, I'd find, I'd find one that had really good content and they haven't been publishing in like six months to a year. It's like, come on guys, what happened? Um, why did you stop? And unfortunately, it's, you know, there was only, there only until after I'd been doing it for a couple months that I find out, hey, there's one other podcast that's actually active now. But unfortunately, they don't do interviews. But they do have great content. So I've, I reached out to them. I was like, hey, can I interview you since you don't do interviews? And they're like, sure, why not? <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, one of the hosts got, uh, got flu the day we were going to do the interview. So I'm hoping, praying that they'll reschedule because I really just want to hear what they, what they are going to say during the interview. And it's, it's really fun. We've, we've been doing this since like end of August, beginning of September. And we've already got 22 episodes out. That's kind of nuts. And what, what's the response been to the podcast? Uh, as far as just, Feedback from people I know, it's been good. But as far as iTunes reviews, we don't have any. I don't know. I feel like I need to like pay somebody to give me their honest opinion or something. It's like, hey, if you give me honest opinion, no, I'm not trying to say, please give me good feedback and blah blah blah. No, I want to know what you really feel. If you if you think it sucks, then well, you suck too. But hey, at least you said something. Damn it! Well, I, I, I go to AHA and I, I, I and Saha San Antonio Hackers Association, Austin Hackers Association. I present there on different goofy projects that I'm working on, and yeah, I'll get heckled to shit. But I, I reverse heckle, and it's fun. But in this, it's like I get no feedback, and it feels weird. It's like tap tap tap. Is this thing on? Do you people hate me? Do you think it sucks? At least say something. Come on. Yeah. It really sucks that bad. Tell me. And then also give, give me feedback as far as what do you think it might make it better? Because, hey, if you're not going to tell me, I'm just going to keep doing the same thing and we'll keep sucking. Damn it. Well, it's like no reactions worse than a, a negative reaction, right? Like it, just knowing where you stand must... Uh... Yeah, but the fun part is we've got almost 3,000 downloads and uh, we've had some pretty insane weeks the past three weeks, like uh, almost breaking, almost breaking the 700 download in a week mark. 
It's like, that's pretty good for a new podcast, but that's great. It's hilarious when you're uh, applying for all these hosting things out there. My two co-hosts, they're in, they're in the UK, so they're like six hours ahead of us right now. But the funniest part is uh, they were like gung-ho in the first week saying, we got to apply to Podcast One. That That's the most popular thing in the UK. And I was like, okay, sure. I've never heard of it. Why not? I'll apply to it. I apply and they're like, I'm sorry, you're cute and all, but please go away until you have 3,000 downloads per week. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? It's a, it's a high bar. It's like, I can't even think of that. Back then, I was get happy when I had 20. It's like, yay, 20 people downloaded it. I guess we're doing something, right? Well, but, to think, think like you got 700 downloads a week for such a niche thing. It's clearly there's, like, there's an audience for what you're doing. Either that or they think we're really funny. I don't know. We try, you know, just being ourselves. We're just a bunch of dorks that love tech, love computers, and also like making holes and sticking things in them. <laughs> well, can I bring us back to Rich Lee a little bit? Because uh, sure. I, think, I think his situation is something that if this transhumanist thing grows, we're going to see more of it where real life and, and like people you know, integrating themselves with technology, they're going to intersect in different ways. And his current situation is reflective of that, I think. Um, yeah, he's not the first, though, unfortunately. Really? Could you sort of expand so on that? Ann had a, a similar experience with one of his exes as uh, before then, and he shared that uh, with uh, Too Rich, with Rich through social media, trying to... Um, let them know, Hey, you're not alone kind of thing. But it, as a father, um, that, and as a husband, what he's going through kind of scared me and, you know, it hit home. I wasn't expecting that story to come up when we were recording the episode with him the first time, because I wanted to talk to him about, you know, magnets and the tragus, the sound quality, what have you. Cause you know, I like, I like to ride a motorcycle, like to have a helmet on, but I also, love headphones but i don't like wearing them so i wanted the functionality without it and he found that through an instructable and put uh magnets into his into his sorry in the tragus of his ears and then through coil and board attached to it was able to transfer signal uh, through vibration to his ears Mm -hmm. And even though he himself said it was kind of a simple hack, that's what really put him on the board. But he's done so many other more fascinating things. And unfortunately, he lives in you know small town Utah. And he's got an ex-wife that's um, whatever. I'm, you know, she's not my, not my ex, not my family. So uh, I don't know her personally. But the actions are not 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 great, in my opinion. Just as one human to another, um, it just seems that divorce and custody battles bring out the worst in people, and it seems sad to me. Just as uh, somebody that's worked with people, both in ministry and tech, and 
you know, some of the worst times of her life while being a firefighter. And it just seems sad that, you know, the, the worst times in our life brings out the worst in us instead of the best. You would, you would hope and have faith in humanity that sometimes suffering can bring, bring out the best. And that's what I can definitely say about Rich. He's a class act. He could have been the most venomous, uh, venom, if I can actually speak without getting tongue-tied. There could have been a lot of venom and harsh words coming out of him, just spewing out of him. But no, class act, polite, nice guy, um, didn't have an unkind word to say about his ex during our uh, conversation. And I don't know about you, but that impressed me. And, you know, I even asked him after, after the recording while I was editing it and listening to it again, going, dude, do you want, do you want me to cut this out or do you want me to leave it in? Cause one, it's a great sound bite. I can, I cannot say any, any, anything bad about it, but it's also really heavy and deeply personal do you want this to stay in the podcast? And he's like, no, I will totally leave it up to you. I said what I wanted to say. And because it came out, um, that's how I wanted to say it. And it was every once in a while in the podcast, uh, despite talking about tech, what have you, there will be human moments where you really get to see the person behind uh, the work, you might say. And it was really, really cool to know and be able to experience it and just to be a part of it and just say, wow, dude, you, you are a class act. You surprise me. You give me faith in humanity because I was fully expecting uh, to, you know, see what we always see. Anger, hatred, just coming straight from the, the marrow of our bones and just you know, see the worst. No, didn't see it at all. Instead, I saw a dad that was concerned for his kids and concerned about his future being in their life. And that's why after it, we decided as a, as a group to go ahead and um, when he put up the GoFundMe page to invite him back for a special taping. And just say, okay, man, not, there are no questions pre-made. There's nothing. We're just going to do our intro and our exit. Everything in between, it's all you. Whatever you want to talk about, what have you. It, Mike is yours. Mm-hmm. And we just want to give you the opportunity to put it out there, put your heart on a plate and say, this is who I am. Judge me for who I am. Do not take the rumors. Do not, uh, do not believe the BS, you might say, and just see, see that I'm a dad and I just want to be there for my kids. And because of all this litigation stuff, I, I need some help. And, yeah, his initial goal, boom, done in a weekend. The community said, all right, let me max out my card. I, you know, and they, they gave and they gave and they continue to give. It's kind of neat. It's, 
he's already uh, let, me, let me pull that page up real quick while we talk and see see what it you know, what it looks because then I can also give you the link is a nice little sound bite as well and it's uh, gofundme.com forward slash cyborg dad uh, his initial goal was barely seven grand uh, it's over seven grand now with a goal of eighteen of no ten point eight k. Wish well, it was eighteen k because you know I'm, anything. You know the neatest part was when he when we were recording with him, it already met the goal. And he he didn't. We tried to tell him just you're going to have more expensive Le legal stuff. Sucks. Lawyers love to get to charge you, but you know. They do a good service if they do a good job. What have you? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make the joke of you know what what's the best thing that can happen to a lawyer? Uh, take them all and put them on the bottom of the ocean. Uh, everybody's heard this joke, but you know to be honest, some of my, some of my best friends I, I've known for years of my life are lawyers, and now judges. So God help them um, with all the bad jokes. But they're good people. They they just have a tough tough gig, tough job. But yeah. hey, at least I don't have to do it. Exactly. Well, you mentioned that there's been more than one sort of custody battle um, because of the sort of the. Well, it wasn't specifically because of um, biohacking, but it was like extra uh, incentive. Whenever people fight, they always look for leverage, and that mm -hmm. was used as leverage uh, in a custody fight with. Uh, Tim Cannon, and uh, as far as I know, it, the judge just kind of was like, get out of here with that, but he was in, you know, not in the sticks, you might say, not small town America and Utah, he was up in uh, Pennsylvania, a little bit more um, used to tech, I'll put it that way, I'm not going to be demeaning because I live in small town America. And, you know, the average person here looks at me like a freak just for having earrings. Um, so, yeah, if they knew I, what I had in my body, they'd probably look at me and be like, what's wrong with you? Mm -hmm. Well, I, you know, I'm up in Canada and I've, I've actually run this by some people and, you know, they didn't side with them. Um, so, you know, just because of the, the severity of the, the shin implants and, and what would you say to someone who who wouldn't, you know, necessarily agree with Rich or, you know, not take his side in this, in this legal battle that he's going through. Um, how would you convince them otherwise? Well, it's kind of, you make the pastor and me come out a little bit because uh, how do you make anyone take a side on any idea? And for a good chunk of my life, I worked in ministry as a youth pastor and an outdoor ministry. Um, so that, that's an idea that a lot of people don't get. A lot of people don't agree with, and a lot of people will persecute you for believing in it. Whether whatever you want to call your you know, higher being these days, especially uh, these days, uh, as you can see how well our presidential race ran. And that's all I'm saying about that. Because it's not like I voted third party or anything just because I needed a better choice. No, I'm not disgruntled. No, not at all. But, 
yeah, ideas are a dangerous thing that we have these days. Do we want people to believe the same as us? Sure, that probably makes us feel better about ourselves and safer. But what's the point of that? If you're preaching to the choir, how much are you going to learn? How much fun is that going to be? Do you, how much are you going to really experience in your life if you just see the same people that you that are just like you? Why not explore and expand, create more connections in that gray matter, a big piece of fat on your head? But you know, come on, you know, isn't it, it? Don't they don't they say that new experiences create new connections in the brain? Why not help yourself? Uh, for old, for growing old and having more connections so that you'll last a little bit better and experience more and test more your own boundaries. Mm-hmm. But, on the other, on the other side, I'm, I'm just going to post this as, as just like a, a bit of a challenge question. Uh, just like uh-huh. um, you, you mentioned that Rich is in, you know, the small town U S and there, there is a chance that he can lose and like, like there's like a serious implication. Like he could lose his kids over this. Um, yeah. I just, I, I'm, I'm trying to sort of get to the, the severity of this entire thing. Like is, I just, I, I really, I would like you to take a side if, if, if at all you could like just sort of argue. Yeah. Unfortunately, I've already taken a side. If you haven't figured that out yet maybe you should <laughs> listen to the, the second podcast because i i have an emotional moment and my mm-hmm. i lose my voice a little bit while making the plea for a dad as a dad because mm-hmm. i can only imagine what it would be like if somebody was trying to take my kids away because of this the choices i make in my life yeah i may not make as many cho- as um more extreme more explorative choices him but i don't see that as bad so yeah there there's something could be said about it but the kids were not directly involved in it it's not like he went and had the surgery and had his daughter hold his hand while he got the implant then i would be madder than hell at him it's not like his son uh, put it in him himself be like, okay, you know, or it's not like either one of them helped him remove one because one of the implants failed in his shin and he pulled it out himself away from the kids, didn't expose them to it. It's not, it's not like he beats his kids. He's just a dad. He's a good person. He's different, but everybody's different. If you think you're normal, you're probably wrong. And you should shut the hell up and look in the mirror and see what everyone else sees. Because no, there is no normal. There is no wrong or right. There's different perspective. And yes, if he actually did harm his kids physically, then yes, I would have a problem with the guy. No, he doesn't. As far as I know, I am no expert. I don't live in the house with them, but I, t- I take a person at their word. And that's not what they're saying. What they're saying is they're trying to treat him, classify him as like a cutter. 
you know, like a, you know, emo teenager, you know, everybody's got the whole idea of, uh, I, I'm feeling bad, so I'm going to hurt myself. That's not what he's doing. What he's doing is trying to enhance, trying to explore possibilities of his own, of his own body of what can be done and the different technology that's available and even push that technology. It's not like the guy is just hurting himself to hurt himself because he needs the endorphin release. He's not an addict. Um, talking to the guy for five minutes, you would know he's pr pretty normal as normal goes. If he didn't know he had the stuff that he had, you would think he's just, you know, the guy next door, maybe a little bit quieter and, um, you know, just, uh, just, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the right word, but it, you know, I'm having trouble getting the right fit for it because, you know, we put labels on things, but we don't necessarily always are able to translate that to other people. The guy's a dad. The guy cares about his kids. He doesn't hurt them. He's not hurting himself to hurt himself. So what's the problem? He's not going out into the world naked, doing stupid crimes uh, for stupid reasons. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Oh, well, um, I've seen worse on YouTube. And it's still there, and people aren't being drugged into court over that crap. Hell, um, if we had problem that many problems why did we elect the person we elected you know we got special people in the white house now come on so just as a as a father i i want to ask you do you think there's there's a line between personal liberty and and parental responsibility and do you think that that comes up in this case at all that's an interesting idea because well then you'd have to you could look at it as that by, is it directly interactive with the child's life, the child's development, the child's mental health? I would say no. Um, if anything, what little the kids have been exposed to, they consider it like superpowers. It's like my dad, he is Batman. He is not an alien from another world, but he's basically Batman. He's got toys that give him more abilities, but it's not like, uh, unfortunately, it's kind of being perverted now. Instead of my dad has superpowers now, it's people are trying to label it as my dad is a freak of nature and he's hurting himself. He needs help. That's going to screw up kids, young kids. What's the point? It's like, why do we need to pervert a person's intentions and to a point where truthfully the kids might end up having to have counseling later and dealing with their, their own parents squabbling. It's, it's kind of a pain in the ass, but it's not just limited to biohacking. You see the same things and over and over again, if you work and deal with people that are hurting, you see 
the bullshit that they come up with in order to try and gain um, leverage over each other. And as somebody looking on the outside, looking in, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't know why people do what they do. I just can say that I see pain and I wish I could do something about it. Both sides are in pain. His ex that is causing pain, too rich, she's in pain. That's why she's causing it. Do I wish the best for her? Yes. Do I wish I could do something about both of their pain? Yes, of course. I'm not a jackass. I'm not going to be like, just because she's hurting this guy that she must be evil. No, she's human. She's in pain. She's expressing that pain. What does she need? She needs somebody to help her to stop hurting the people around her. And just like him, he's being hurt. He's going to need help getting through that hurt. And just as a total outsider, what can I do? I can put the word out. I can um, try and be there to be a listening ear. And yeah, I can't fix shit. I'm just a person. Um, I actually uh, went through uh, Stephen ministry training to be a crisis counselor. And that one of the first things they teach you is you can't fix another person. What you can do is listen and try and be there for them as they need it. And yeah, that's the only thing we can do. Um, and that's what I hope and pray that somebody will be there for both of them and for the kids and do that for them to be able to be there to try and help with the hurt and listen and shut up and listen. Cause unfortunately, you know, every time that, you know, any time anybody says something to you, it, and it'll, it'll evoke uh, a willingness to be like, Oh, I have, I might be able to fix this as well, give an example. As a young man, I want to fix things. What do I do is for my living? I fix computers. I help people. I help technology with people problems. So that, that does satiate a need, but yeah, I hope that, that that is a thing that, you know, more people can actually pick up on instead of judging instead of adding to the hurt, listen, shut up, ask how I can help. Best thing to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is not going to be the last time you see it, whether it be biohacking, grinding, or just a guy that happens to be a mechanic down the street, you're going to run into it. No matter. People are stupid. People do stupid things. And when they hurt, Often enough, they hurt other people. And as a being a part of the human race, a part of the community, we need to try and be there for those that are hurt and hurting and try and help them to alleviate some of that. Absolutely. All right, Doug, is there anything else that I should know or you'd like to say before we wrap up? Uh, I don't know. I, We've, we've covered a lot and 
and yeah, you let me ramble. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's on you. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm uh, I'm always happy to listen. You know, like uh, I kind of went into this, and I, I didn't know exactly, you know, how it was going to go, and I wanted to see where it would take itself. And it was, Indeed, it was super interesting. So, you know, I I like sitting back sometimes and just listening. I'm sorry if that took up too much of your time, but no, I I got the time. I'm just making the joke because <laughs> uh, how to, what's my self defense mechanism? If you haven't figured that out by listening to this. And I'm sorry, I can't help you. Yes, I use humor. That's how I get through things. Whenever I'm nervous about things or uh, anything's kind of awkward, what have you. Yeah, I use humor to get through it. And um, yeah, that could be called social engineering. If you want to put it that way, whatever. Humor is an easy way to lubricate issues. But what what would I say um, to finish it? Well, I guess I would say I hope whoever listens to this enjoys it. And if they didn't, I'm sorry. I am who I am. And if you don't like me, tell me. I'll be glad to listen. Maybe we can have a conversation about it. But if you liked it, tell me. Maybe we can have a conversation about it. Because what are we going to learn other than through human interaction? And that's, that's what this is about. That's learning from people in different walks, different shoes, and what they're dealing with. It, biohacking, mechanic, paper route, tech support, whatever you're doing, it doesn't matter. It's, it's what you're doing to pay the bills. What you're doing outside of that is more of who you are being a dad, being a husband, just trying to be a better person. And that's, that's in the end that, you know, all that really matters is, you know, if you care more about what people Google, come up when they do a Google search for your name, then I feel sorry for you. And I hope that one time in your life, maybe um, you'll find something better than that. That's why I make the joke of, if you Google my name, you'll get some Canadian writer that I've, <laughs> I've read his <laughs> books, yeah. but I, 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 uh, well, I have I, no relation to. I did a double take when I saw your name come up the first time, to <laughs> be honest, because, uh, you know, I'm up in Canada. Doug Copeland is, he's not a household name, but he's a, we have someone in the background. Yeah, I figured I'd have a little bit of fun with it. <laughs> well, I should let you go anyways. Um, right. uh, you know what? Uh, could you send me your side of the audio? Because I I'd got be glad boring, to. but I only got my side of it. So it would be a very boring interview, I think. It was just me asking questions. Well, uh, I'd hope I'd be better than blank space, but you never know. <laughs> you never know. But uh, I definitely am, will definitely share this with you. And if you're going to be in Austin for Body Hacks, uh, it's my hometown. I, I look forward to having you as guest and um, getting to know more of people in the community and exploring more of it. Well, it's, um, it's fascinating to me, the entire thing. It, it yeah. totally, it depends on the work situation. I just got a, I, everything got thrown off today because I, I got a job interview out in, in the boonies in Canada. <laughs> uh, I'd be on air doing news reporting and they gave me a call out of the blue. So, um, 
So oh. everything was me just running around going, oh, okay. Um, trying to reorganize my life. So, And I understand completely. Um, my battery on my Prius died today, so I've been madly trying to balance that. It's been not a very good week for electronics for me. First, my <laughs> phone goes down. Then my laptop goes down. Now my car. I'm just waiting for what else is going to break. <laughs> well, I hope it's not the computer. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, it's been great talking to you, and I hope to hear more uh, about your job renewal. And I hope I hope you wish you the best because job hunting really sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a nightmare. Um, but yeah, thanks so much. Have a good one, man. Yeah, take care. Now, special thanks to Eric Wickham of Canadian Public Radio for allowing us to share with you the interview that we had with him. Now, you know, if you'd like to know more about this journey we take weekly, check out our homepage, DangerousMinds.io, or go to Facebook and search for Dangerous Minds Podcast. All of us want to thank you for joining us as we explore further the tech and the people behind it within this fastly growing community of biohacking, grinding, and implantable technology today. Please feel free to reach out to us with questions or comments, and perhaps one day we might talk to you about the projects and or work you're doing and exploring, as well as developing. Until next week, seek the spark.